0: and I wish I would have had the foresight to prepare a soundboard of spooky sounds. <gasps> we still have the mini
1: keyboard that we could totally set up to do.
0: <laughs> it's too late.
1: <laughs> In the future, Kelly will get to use the soundboard. But this is our Halloween episode. We're actually really excited about this one. We're going over folklore and icons and other such. Yes. Other such et cetera (laughs) um also i'm fitting to have a baby yeah
0: she means at like any moment in time (laughs) i mean it could happen during this episode
1: yeah which would be hilarious because we were joking about podcasting my labor just (laughs) for shits and giggles because it would be funny to be like oh my god (laughs) it hurts exactly as bad as the movies tell you this is the worst (laughs) But I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, right. I've actually been kind of lucky and lucky, unlucky in that I have technically been in labor for like a week and a half. I'm already, uh, my cervix is three centimeters dilated, Kelly. Wow. Yeah. So that's a thing. I'm just chilling with a baby's head in my garage. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to tell you this and I wanted to save it for the podcast, which is a phrase that we use all the time. At work, there's like a group chat that's kind of just a willy-nilly chat. It's not really anything in particular. Um, people started posting pictures of their pets, right, on Friday. And then they forgot one Friday, and it was last Friday, and I had already started maternity leave. And I, I literally logged in just to look at people's pets, and they weren't fucking there, and I was disappointed. So I posted a picture of Frankie on my keyboard. And I, I always look in the background to see like what what you have open and i was like oh it's just gmail and you can see my like folders whatever it's fine so i sent it do you remember what our last episode that we researched was
0: family so was
1: a <laughs> maternal murder town <tab laughs> oh, no. first day of my maternity <laughs> leave shit I, I left i sent like one of my friends that's in the group chat i was dying laughing i was like i'm <laughs> fucking leaving it that is like halloween easter egg of the year <laughs> did anyone notice no no one noticed who and I, doesn't look at that shit I, or they did look and then they were just like sending private messages like they oh were my god like, Ooh. we're worried <laughs> <laughs> and then i had to send i sent my friend i was like no no, no really look this is the episode because it had posted that day and i was like look here it is here's the episode and here's why we were looking this up and i was just dying laughing <laughs> the whole that's time so funny yeah so yeah that's i've been sitting on my hands ready to tell you that story <laughs> that's hilarious
0: well i celebrated my birthday recently i know and it was a really good day uh me and one of my dear friends quinn hey quinn uh we we kind of had like an all-day spook fest. So we were going to go pick pumpkins from a pumpkin patch and then carve them. But the day before my birthday there was a fucking insane flash flood in East Tennessee. So we drove all the way there and they were closed for weather. So then we just went and got pumpkin spice lattes downtown. P S yeah. and then went and, you know, just did the goth kid thing in a cemetery. And then me and a bunch of my friends met at this barcade in Knoxville called Token. And it was really fun. And it's kind of hilarious. It just so happened that night they were having a medieval dance party. Oh, my God. There were just random Vikings and shit everywhere. It was great.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, it was a really good night. The only part of that story that had any level of surprise for me, Kelly has uncanny luck. Just like insane good luck. The part Rachel calls had, it luck. I really do. Because it is. I'm just like, fuck it luck, man. Because she'll tell these stories where she's just like, yeah, these totally random set of circumstances were completely fortuitous out of the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and I'm like, who does this happen to? And it happens all the time, Kelly. But anyway, your family must have had some real, like you guys came straight from the potato famine. Yes. That's true. (laughs) You're just, life owed you one.
0: (laughs) Ooh, the Celtic gods. Ooh, slipping these stacks. Except for that one. (laughs) Didn't get to pick my damn pumpkin, but I did go to a pumpkin carving party last week that was equally bitchin'. So I got my pumpkin fix.
1: Okay, as long as you you feel satiated in the pumpkin apartment. I think I'm going to make tulip, a pumpkin for her her welcome home or welcome to um oh. existence oh
0: my god that is such an amazing idea yeah. I I'm okay excited. walmart has these well the walmart in knoxville had these ridiculous like prize winning ass pumpkins for 10 bucks <gasps> i'm just saying i don't
1: know if they're here the Ooh. ones in cleveland are rotting <laughs> <laughs> so don't go there <laughs> i want a big ass pumpkin i'm gonna maybe i'll Maybe I'll hit up a couple of stores until my feet are swollen and I want to die. (laughs) You could just make
0: Colin do it.
1: That's true. I'm a strong... I'm too independent for my own good. I, like, don't make him do anything. I... Unless I literally can't. Yeah. Oh, wait. I probably can't pick up the pumpkins. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely not these heifers. (laughs) But I want a fat ass pumpkin. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll I'll go i I'll go pumpkin hunting and then make Colin pick it up. Yes. So welcome back to Southern Hills. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. And again, we're so fucking pumped for this episode. Yes.
0: I really held back. I wanted to do like a witch cackle after I said my name.
1: <laughs> and I stopped and I regret it now. I wish that you had done it too, and I'm a little I'm a little disappointed at your sudden I can't I I don't know the word modesty yes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah this is our
0: Halloween episode so we are going to talk about Halloween uh where it originated where some of our insane American Halloween traditions came from and I'm most excited about this the history of the slutty Halloween costume
1: I'm so pumped I have candy corn on my list, and I'm also pumped about this because Kelly and I have been joking about how divisive candy corn is. Yeah, who knew? Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us. Yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher,
0: Overcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Halloween time! Okay, I did not know the full history of Halloween, so I learned a lot today. And yeah, I straight up got the shit from the History Channel. So, but I trust them. Me too. <laughs> okay, word. Halloween originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Samhain was traditionally celebrated on October thirty first. I did not know that. Huh. But November first is when they celebrated the new year. So Celts celebrated the new year on November first because this day marked the end of summer and the end of the harvest and the beginning of winter. And winter was a time of year that they associated heavily with death.
1: Oh, yeah. I see that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's morbid as shit. Yeah. So on the day before the new year, October 31st, the Celts believed that the boundary between the living and the dead was blurry and that ghosts and demons could walk the earth.
1: Man, that's kind of cool, too, because um, the Mexican holiday Dia de los Muertos Sorry for my horrible southern accent in <laughs> Spanish-speaking. But anyway, it's kind of the same thing, but not really. It's like the dead can come back to visit their relatives, but you have to have them on the altar, according, according oh. to the movie Coco, which is a Disney movie. I They probably Googled it. I don't know. So. <laughs> but anyway, that's really neat that, that that was Ireland and Mexico at the same time. Yeah, I know. Okay, Celtic priests were called
0: druids, and what druids would do on Sam Hain they lit sacred bonfires and people would gather to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to Celtic gods. And during the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically animal heads and skins. Interesting. Yes. And told each other's fortunes. I thought this was a cool detail. So they would extinguish their hearths that evening. And then after the ceremony, they would relight them from the sacred bonfire. They Thought it would give them some sort of protection or blessing through the winter. Huh. Super witchy.
1: Yeah. And also, I think that fire is great for winter, so they might be onto something. Yeah. But the dressing up in costumes,
0: it was kind of a defense mechanism since ghosts and demons were supposedly walking the earth with humans. If you dressed as one, then when you encountered one, they would think that you were one of their own and would not bother you smart (laughs) fake it till you make it right right that's where it originated it originated in ireland strangely with the celts and then the catholics adopted pieces of it and dot 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 it came to america (laughs) (laughs) so when it first came to america it wasn't really celebrated in the northeastern colonies because they were very puritanical it was kind of a southern thing
1: i go into that and i didn't know that it was a southern thing but i do go into the puritans okay sweet
0: in the second half of the 19th century america was flooded with millions of irish immigrants and they brought even more of these halloween traditions so yeah the irish immigrants really cemented halloween being popularized
1: nationally they also brought whiskey so thank you for that And St. Patrick's Day, which is, funny enough, the only other holiday that we've ever done like a dedicated folklore episode to. St. Patrick's Day is my second favorite holiday. Whoa! (laughs) So,
0: thanks, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So, that's the story of how Halloween came to America. And I have to say, no one fucking does it like America. I have spent Halloween in Ireland. They didn't do much. That is wholly disappointing. Yeah give birth to something and abandon it and i read today that the uk hates halloween and that 50 percent of british homeowners turn off their lights and pretend not to be home on halloween because they don't want to be bothered dickheads cuns (laughs) maybe cut that (laughs) no we're leaving it
1: you're a fucking cunt if you're you're like such a curmudgeon that you can't even celebrate a holiday that the children love it's fucking halloween if you don't like halloween
0: you are a with a Puritanical husk. dickhead. Yeah, you are a empty husk
1: of a human. And we don't like that. We don't like that here at Southern Hills. <laughs> this is actually a funny point of contention in mine and Collins' marriage. He's from the area that we decided to buy our house in and there's a neighborhood that is called, affectionately by me, the trick-or-treating neighborhood because that's where he trick-or-treated, that's where his sister trick-or-treated, that's where they take his nephew and whenever... We were shopping for our houses. I asked him if this was the trick or treater neighborhood, and he was like, "Yeah, this neighborhood gets trick or treaters." I was so fucking hype. It's not in the trick or treating neighborhood. Oh, bummer. We get some. There's a trickle, but I
0: wanted to be in the trick or treater neighborhood. I gotta say, I don't think trick or treating is the same as it was when we were children because when Rachel and I were growing up, and my brother too. There was a trick or treating neighborhood in Jasper, and that's where you went to trick or treat. And it was full of decorated houses and full of kids in costumes all fucking night long. And it was
1: amazing. The it streets was amazing. were flooded.
0: But from what I hear from my coworkers who have school-aged children, is that trick or treating is over before the sun sets now.
1: Gross. Yeah, it's a whole different thing now. And. I've heard that part of its death comes from trunk or treating, which who the fuck wants to do
0: that? That's such bullshit. I drove past a trunk or treat once and I like shed a tear for those poor children. It was literally a line of cars with their trunks open and the kids just being herded like cattle down the line. I remember the subdivision that you're talking
1: about. There was a moment where one end of the street was super dark, but there was a super decorated house. No streetlights on this street. And me and my friends had to... It might have been you guys, actually. We had to muster the strength (laughs) to go to the end of the street, and it was the full-size candy bar house. Oh, snap. I know. You
0: love the full-size candy bar house. God. Me and my brother, our family was working class. Okay, we're not going to turn away free candy. We would pound the pavement all fucking night. Like, after the other kids were going home, me and Shane were still out there. And I remember this one house, we (laughs) knocked on the door And this dude answered in his pajamas and he was just like, I just lay down. And me and my brother were like, trick or treat, bitch.
1: (laughs) Not our problem. You know what day it is. (laughs) Put it in the bag or we're going to egg your house. Oh my God.
0: That was perfect for my next point. So the first tradition I wanted to know the history of was trick or treating. Yes. So, okay. In the middle ages... During this holiday, children would dress in their costumes and go door-to-door begging for food or money in exchange for prayers or songs uh, sent on behalf of the dead. So this practice was called souling, and the children were called soulers. So yeah, they'd put on their Samhain costumes and just go door-to-door asking for candy. And that practice kind of came to America. It didn't really catch on. And then it was paused altogether during World War II because of our sugar rations. Makes sense. Yeah, so trick or treating in America didn't really pick up until the 40s and 50s, but Halloween continued. And as Halloween continued to become more popularized, it became more known as a time for mischief and like pranks and trickery. So, trick or treat literally meant that families could prevent vandalism by giving treats to the children. I didn't know that i didn't know it was a literal thing it's like if you give us sweets we won't egg your house or if you give us sweets we won't drag your farm equipment into the street okay
1: that would be hilarious that's an amazing prank and maybe we need to take that tradition to britain we're just gonna start fucking (laughs) with them (laughs) let's how do we how do we create propaganda for the british children
0: we just show them how dope this shit is here and they'll be like i want that Yeah. I bought Kit Kats that have glow-in-the-dark wrappers. Yes, I, I ate one today. It was dope.
1: I'm so excited. I love Halloween. It's the most wonderful <laughs> time. Oh,
0: yeah. Also, the only time of year where you can find pumpkin beer, and that is my shit. Pumpkin beer is the jam.
1: So when we decided to research all the various Halloween icons, I decided to go with one that has recently um joined my house. Oh! Black Cats. Little Miss Frankenstein Mercury Tilly. I like that you described her as
0: haunting your house. (laughs) She really does. She'll just appear in the darkness with her green
1: eyes. You're like, where did you even come from? (laughs) She's she'll just randomly appear and sometimes it makes me feel like I'm hallucinating. I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) did I just see a cat? And then she's like, This is actually not gonna lie to anybody, straight up from Wikipedia. The folklore surrounding black cats varies from culture to culture. The Scots believe that strange black cats arrival to the home signifies prosperity. In Celtic mythology A fairy known as the Cat Sith takes the form of a black cat. Black cats are also considered good luck in the rest of Britain and Japan. Furthermore, it is believed that a lady who owns a black cat will have many suitors. Ooh. And when I told Colin this, he said, ask them for (laughs) stuff. So I thought it was interesting that all these different cultures had positive associations with black cats because commonly here, you hear that they're bad luck. Right. And that might stem from this next point. The black cat in folklore has been able to change into human shape to act as a spy or courier for witches and demons. When the pilgrims arrived at Plymouth Rock, they brought with them a devout faith in the Bible. No shit. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Oh, do we know? (laughs) They also brought a deepening suspicion of anything deemed of Satan and were a deeply suspicious group. They viewed the black cat as a companion or a familiar to witches. Anyone caught with a black cat would be severely punished or killed. Oh my god, really? Yeah, pretty fucking ridiculous because in so many other cultures, including Britain, they were viewed as, you know, lucky. Jeez. Yeah, hey, you got a black cat. Welcome to death. Underscore the pilgrims. (laughs) They viewed the black cat as part demon and part sorcery. These superstitions led people to kill black cats. There is no evidence from England of regular large-scale massacre of satanic cats or of burning them in midsummer bonfires, as sometimes occurred elsewhere in Europe. Aww. Mm -hmm. That hurts to think about. Yeah, especially since Frankie is amazing. She gets along with the dogs. The dogs love to just pile up in whatever room we're in and lay on the floor. Frankie's like, all right, that's what we're doing. So even if there's like something comfy and up high, like the couch, she'll just lay on the floor with the dogs. She's like, okay, I guess I'm one of you guys. Very fuck central. High five. <laughs> I seriously love that cat. I think she's good luck. I think all cats are good luck. So I'm actually really excited about this next tidbit. Kelly, are you fucking ready? Oh God, yes. My next point is black cats and anarcho-syndicalist symbolism. Hmm. The black cat of the industrial workers of the world, also adopted as a symbol by anarcho-syndicalists, the industrial workers of the world, members of which are commonly termed Wobblies, <laughs> is an international labor union that was founded in 1905 in Chicago, Illinois. So not Halloween themed, but holy shit, black cats are a symbol for pinkos. What? Yup. Of course, it showed up on your fucking doorstep. I know. <laughs> I was like, it's it's our end. It was we were getting ready to record when she was finally like, I'm here. <laughs> Are we talking about unionizing? (laughs) So, black cats. Spooky. And (laughs) union-y. My
0: favorite combination. I know! My only other point is slutty Halloween costumes. I have the legend of Stingy
1: Jack. (laughs) What the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so since we've already gotten eight, what the fuck is that from Kelly... (laughs) The legend of Stingy Jack. I'm just going to read this. I'm sorry. I'm just going to read it. It's from history.com, I think. People have been making jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween for centuries. The practice originated from an Irish myth about a man nicknamed Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drinks. Oh, it's Stingy. Stingy. Shit. Now I got to fucking start it over. No, I don't. Well, son of a bitch. (laughs) Stingy Jack... Actually, stingy Jack. I mean, it's Halloween. Why would I not think it was stingy? Right.
0: (laughs) I was sitting over here the whole time, like, Stinky Jack's a fucking terrible name because it sounds like stinky Jack.
1: that I read this the first time and it didn't occur to me until like you, you were like stingy. And then I was like, well, shit. <laughs> so Stingy Jack, <laughs> true his name, <clears throat> didn't want to pay for his drink. So he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While he was up in the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross into the tree's bark so that the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for 10 more years. Wow. This motherfucker just pushing the devil off until later. (laughs) Did he know the original jack-o'-lanterns were carved from turnips, potatoes, or beets? Soon after Jack died, as the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick Jack pl- had played on him, and keeping his word not to claim a soul, would not allow Jack into hell. He sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved-out turnip and has been roaming the earth with it ever since. The Irish began to refer to his ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern. Oh, and then simply jack-o'-lantern so good old stingy jack (laughs) (laughs) i prefer the pumpkin to the turnip lantern i kind of want to see what that looks like what would a piece of coal carved into a turnip look like i did make a
0: jack-o'-lantern out of a pineapple once and that had great results and smelled amazing oh
1: that does sound delightful In Ireland and Scotland, people began to make their own version of jack-o'-lanterns by carving scary faces into turnips or potatoes, which is the most Irish thing ever, and placing them into windows or near doors to frighten away Stingy Jack and other wandering evil spirits. In England, large beets are used. Immigrants from these countries brought the jack-o'-lantern tradition with them. When they came to the United States, they soon found that pumpkins, a fruit native to America, make the perfect jack-o'-lanterns. They really do. Yeah, that's like round, spooky, plump ridges. magic. I have a new idea for Trump. He's trying to bring back coal. Let's just bring back the coal pumpkins. (laughs) I could get on board with that. Like, look, you were looking for new uses when energy is clearly um, evolving as a technology. Let's let's throw it back. Let's we'll throw it back to putting them in pumpkins. It's not going to work. <laughs> nothing's, <laughs> nothing's bringing coal back. Yeah, let it go. Yeah, come on. Adapt. Overcome. Retool your shit. <laughs> I actually really liked this next thing that I read. For most American kids, it wouldn't be Halloween without trick-or-treating for candy. However, that wasn't always the case. When the custom of trick-or-treating started in the 1930s and 40s, children were given everything from homemade cookies and pieces of cake to fruit, nuts, coins, and toys. I would like to add here, that is all well and good. No one is gonna give your fucking kids edible weed candy. No one's gonna do that. That would be expensive. It would be expensive, and they wouldn't, like, if you're going to prank someone to make them have a really high child, one, that's fucked up, drugging people is illegal, don't fucking do it, but two, you wouldn't even get to see it. (laughs) Right, it takes time. Yeah, so what's the point? Like, The idea of spending a lot of money to have someone go home and have, they're going to have a high-ass kid anyway. Have you seen kids after Halloween? Yeah. I think the, what's most likely is
0: that some old lady uses butter that expired in 2007 and gives your kid the
1: gnarly shits for a few days. That's true. And at that point, you're just going to suspect that it was the candy anyway. (laughs) So who knows? I will say that, the, the, like, common myth of razor apples and poison candy. There was one set of kids who were poisoned by their own father. Oh, God. He put it in the Halloween candy. He only gave it to his kids, and then he made it seem like it was trick or, you know, trick or treating that That's did it. fucking asshole. Yeah, they, he was caught. They caught him. That's the only case of that. No one is just, aside from whoever was poisoning aspirin, I don't think people are just killing random children. Oh, except for mass shooters, but nobody gives a shit about those, apparently. Yeah. We don't care if
0: it's with bullets, Rachel. Yeah, just with the trick-or-treater candy. Even though one of those things
1: has happened. <laughs> and one of them has not. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> anyway, if you're looking for our stance, there it happened. It. In our last episode, I think there's an outcut where at one point we were talking about school shootings, or maybe it was a recent conversation that we had And what came out of it was, I don't want to hear about the sanctity of life from people that shrug every time there's a school shooting.
0: Yeah, that was a private conversation. But we were talking, it was about Kavanaugh again, and how a lot of people think that, well, it's when now, motherfucker, but when he becomes a Supreme Court justice, he will begin the steps to overturn Roe versus Wade. So we were talking about abortion again, and how, yeah, it's, it's. A sacred life when it's a fetus, but not when it's a child in a school getting shot to death, and the gun is more important than the woman's body.
1: yeah, it's absolute insanity, and we're the only country that has that problem, and there's a common denominator, yeah saying so uh read into that as you will. let's talk about why you shouldn't be fucking scared of Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn idiots, not you guys, you guys are cool, probably. <laughs> I mean, if
0: you've made it this
1: far. Yeah, if you're turning this episode off now, you've made it this far, you're probably still pretty cool. We can forgive it. In the 1950s, candy manufacturers began to get in on the act and promote their products for Halloween. And as trick-or-treating became more popular, candy candy was increasingly regarded as an affordable, convenient offering. It wasn't until the 1970s, though, that wrapped, factory-made candy was viewed as the only acceptable thing to hand out. A key reason for this was safety, as parents feared that real-life boogeyman might tamper with their goodies that weren't store-bought and sealed. You know what else is store-bought and sealed? Fucking guns. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say D's nuts. D's fucking nuts. Uh so to conclude my Halloween candy spiel, this article actually went on to detail the origin of all the most popular candies and it was boring so <laughs>
0: um let's see joe hershey or whatever the fuck made a
1: chocolate and then he put nuts in it there it was a different chocolate and then he put nougat and nuts and it was another chocolate and then yeah and so on and then three musketeers and so on it was like the part of the bible baguette baguette <laughs> baguette and i was like god i don't want to know the genealogy of candy Except for this candy. Oh, shit. This candy could be candy hate crime. (laughs) Candy corn. The Trade Association claims candy corn was invented in the 1880s, which sounds about fucking right for that nasty (laughs) (laughs) shit. That delightful. That great (laughs) depression-ass gritty. I don't get it. I support you. And I love you. But you're wrong!
0: (laughs) Candy corn is very divisive. You either love it or hate it. And I'm kind of happy that we have a representative of each party here at Southern Hills. I am team
1: candy corn. I am team I will literally eat anything with sugar and I will eat candy corn as a last resort. (laughs) That is my... It gets rationed for the end when I'm desperate. Why is it? Why? I don't know. (laughs)
0: like studiously consulted your notes for like 10 full seconds before saying that i know that pregnant silence is going to get truncated out so i just want everyone at home to know
1: (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was going somewhere and then i thoughtfully looked (laughs) kelly in the eyes and said i don't know (laughs) it's not in my notes and now i'm curious too i did read some things like some iterations of it it wasn't called candy corn it was called like chicken feed oh or something i don't remember and then oh this style of candy is considered fondant candy and it's interesting that i hate it because i love cadbury cream eggs and cadbury cream eggs the goo the like yeah edges is fondant
0: oh okay i've never tasted a cake with fondant icing does it taste like candy corn
1: I hate it, so. I was going to say, everyone hates fondant. <laughs> you might like it. Maybe we need to get you some fondant cupcakes. Hmm. Maybe that's what, I haven't bought Kelly a birthday present yet, because this is how our friendship works. I'm late in every sense of the word on everything forever. Like, she just, oh, she just her But when you deliver,
0: last... you fucking
1: deliver. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just got her last Christmas present. <laughs> like, a week ago. And
0: it's amazing. It's a skull-shaped mason jar
1: cup. Okay, what happened was For Christmas, I really we, we drink water while we're doing the podcast And I really wanted Kelly to have a spooky cup For podcasting Uh, that doesn't work for December, that works for October And I scoured the internet Scoured it, She did, I remember It didn't exist, so I told her, I was like, this is what I want to get you And then finally Halloween rolled around and I was like, today's the day <laughs> Ten months late
0: <laughs> But who's counting? <laughs>
1: I like that it's just an ingrained part of our forgiveness is just, like, the cycle of our friendship. Just There's lots of whatever.
0: You can't be as close as we are without having a lot of whatever.
1: Yeah. And it's...
0: I love it. It's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Every time something happens and one of us apologizes, the other is always like, God, why? Stop. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) 1880-ass, nasty-ass, trash-ass. I can't believe you called it Great (laughs) Depression-ass
0: <laughs> That's a pretty sick burn, but I'm still gonna eat it. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: and Colin. You're both wrong. So it was invented again, 1880s by a Wonderly Candy Company employee named George renninger Wonderly was reportedly the first to produce the candy, followed by the Golitz Candy Company, now the Jelly Bailey Candy Company, which has been producing the tricolored candy since 1898. Back then the cooking process was done by hand. A sugar and corn syrup based mixture was cooked into a slurry, a semi liquid mixture, in a large kettle, dumped into buckets called runners, and men double and men dubbed stringers walked backwards, pouring the hot concoction into a tray mould in the shape of corn kennels, and like the revolutionary part of candy corn was the layering because there were other fondant candies at the time but candy corn came in and was like look bitch three fucking colors boom (laughs) (laughs) today's the new day motherfucker holy shit yeah so i like that the claim to fame for your nasty ass candy (laughs) is the color scheme it's a pretty dope
0: ass color scheme
1: i you know that's why you eat it i will concede i will concede that And I don't have a bad time eating candy corn. It's just bottom of the barrel for me. Right. Literally, there's always loose fucking candy corn in your Halloween candy as a kid. (laughs) Do you remember that? Where did it come from? It was prepackaged at some point. It replicates. So this next tradition
0: is one of my personal favorites. And we actually did an entire episode about this on episode number one. It was one of the reasons we started the podcast. We have bitched about this every year. We bitch about this every Halloween forever. And it was one of the things that finally lit the fire under our ass to be like, let's bitch about this on air. Yeah, and other things. (laughs) So, slutty Halloween costumes. I was surprised. I was not expecting to find a lot of information about the history of slutty Halloween costumes, but it's out there. Uh, There was a piece in Business Insider... Fast Company. This is from Time Magazine, motherfucker. Hell yeah. Uh, The Definitive History of Sexy Halloween Costumes by Laura Stampler. So yeah, Rachel was curious, uh, why? Why do we wear slutty Halloween costumes? And I mean, obviously the answer is because they're awesome. But I understand the question. It is socially acceptable to wear a slutty Halloween costume in public on Halloween, even if you wouldn't wear that in public any other day of the year. Why do
1: people feel comfortable with it on this day
0: and then on another day? I don't know. But here's a brief history. So Victorian Americans, they dressed up for Halloween as well, but they liked creepy costumes like bats. And that kind of segued into exotic costumes like gypsies or Cleopatras. So the costumes didn't show much skin, but they liked them to be glamorous, and they kind of had this aura, and this is a quote from the article, a night to do something that I wouldn't ordinarily do and have people look at me. Sounds about right. Yeah. So that tradition carried on until about, well, actually, we saw some pinup pictures today from the 1940s. just started getting pretty sexy in the 40s and 50s. Oh, yeah. They were pretty banging. I don't know if they were wearing those outfits in public, but I do know the photo shoot it was happening in the 40s but officially (laughs) in the streets um in the 1970s after the sexual revolution costumes began to get sexier and here's another quote combine second wave feminism with outrageousness and a general atmosphere of freedom and you have this perfect storm
1: of sluttiness
0: ah i say that word with the utmost adoration
1: yeah we're pretty proud i mean we're pretty proud sluts I guess we'll just say it. Yeah. Second wave feminism all the way.
0: Yeah. And then again, at its core, Halloween is a transgressive holiday. It's a night of transgression. It's like we just said about trick-or-treating. It's a night, I don't know, that's kind of like this liberating, or I'm sorry, this liberated troublemaking. So yeah, being half naked is kind of a reflection of that too. It's its own mischief. It is. And what's the quote? It's like, Oh, God, if this is the fucking Joker. But there's a quote and it's something like, give a man a mask and he'll show you his true face.
1: That might be the Joker. (laughs) I think it's kind of like that, too. Or is it? I think it's definitely from Batman. It might be Scarecrow. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is Scarecrow,
0: which is pretty fucking spooky. And topical. (laughs) But... Yeah, my personal feelings is that the reason why so many women dress very provocatively on Halloween when they don't other days of the year, maybe they would like to the rest of the year, but they only feel comfortable on Halloween because it's just culturally more acceptable on Halloween.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of embrace the attitude that was mentioned, it's a time to be looked at. That makes sense to me because when I used to go clubbing with you every once in a while, like I dress pretty modestly like not through any level of intention it's just i kind of gravitate toward geeky ass shirts and comfortable but not always like sometimes i'll do 50s style stuff but for the most part i'm not skinning it but for dragon con or for clubbing with you or for certain events i'm like fuck yeah tits out let's go yeah it's fun yeah it is and yeah
0: halloween is I guess it's a really good opportunity to unleash that part of yourself because, like, everyone's in costume. It's just ridiculous in all aspects. It's party
1: time. Yeah. And I guess it embraces the nuance of personality, too, because who you are in your everyday life, that's not every single second of every moment. There's nuance to you. You can be a horse girl and a super modest person, but also be, you know, a different person in your sexual realm. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see that there's an outlet for that. So you see the the girls who are always, oh my gosh, my niece has a really funny phrase for this. I can't remember it. I'm not going to be able to remember it, but my niece has a phrase for when you wear athletic shorts that are really short and a really long shirt. And I can't remember it, but it's funny. And I think the type of girls who are wearing that and then, you know, embrace the slutty costume on Halloween, they're just expressing parts of themselves in an accepted avenue
0: yeah and maybe it is that halloween it's quote unquote safe it's safe culturally it's safe from most of your peers we'll get to you guys in a second and i don't know i just speaking from personal experience every single halloween ever where i've gotten dressed and thought this is pretty provocative i should tone it down a notch I get to the club and there was someone more naked than me. (laughs) And then I'm just like, oh yeah, I don't have to worry about this tonight. It's fucking Halloween. Yeah. Or if you go to
1: a golf club, it's every Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) I usually embrace it being my geeky self. I usually take it as a time to represent something from pop culture that I really like. And not in the way that we're going to get into, but literally I'm like, What do I want to be? And then I pick something and I'm like, oh man, I want to dress up as this whatever nerdy thing that I'm really into at that time. And that's kind of the costume that I'll go with, whether it's slutty or not. Like when we did Banjo and Kazooie, that was really fun. Yeah. But we intentionally did like slutty Banjo and Kazooie. Oh yeah, because it's Dragon Con. Yeah. Dragon Con is tits out. Yeah, it is. And it was super fun.
0: But the fucking worst part about slutty Halloween costumes are all the haters and naysayers and... One thing that I really hate, and it has gotten better this year, but you always see these memes that are like, there's two types of girls and it'll have a girl, you know, dressed as a fucking lobster or whatever. And then a girl dressed as a sexy mermaid. And it's insinuating that the girl dressed up as the lobster is better than the mermaid because she's showing less skin. Like she doesn't have to show that much skin and she doesn't take herself seriously. Here's my problem with that. There's nothing wrong with either of those girls. However, one of those girls is being a slut shamer. And also, if you're saying, I'm not like other girls, that is cool girlism, which we'll get into in a second. Cool girlism is internalized misogyny. You are acting that way for the approval of men. You are doing the very thing that you are judging in a different format. And some might argue a more harmful format.
1: Yes, especially when your message is basically, see, see, look, I should be accepted. She should be accepted. I'm different. I'm what you're looking for, and she's not. Yes.
0: And recently, I've seen that being called cool girlism, and I really love it. And I believe that this cool girl phrase stems from the book Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. I fucking love that book. But there's a really amazing monologue about the cool girl. Men always say that as the defining compliment, don't they? She's a cool girl. Being the cool girl means I am a hot, brilliant, funny woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes, and burping, who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex, and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size two, because cool girls are above all hot. Hot and understanding. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in a chagrined, loving manner and let their men do whatever they want. Go ahead. Shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I just read that to give the meaning behind the word cool girl. Obviously, that rant is filled with vitriol as it's supposed to be for the character Amy.
1: Yes. Who is a crazy fucking
0: bitch. Yeah, she's a fucking psycho. But it's a really good monologue. And I- My understanding is that that is where the phrase cool girl comes from. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I like putting the phrase in context, I guess. No, it makes perfect sense. And I
1: I get where she's coming from, where she's... I think it's the agreeability. Yeah. Because that's something that we have bitched about that men try to do to women. Like, they don't approach us like people. They approach us as, um, oh, I constantly agree with you. I like all the same things that you like. And it's disingenuous. So her rant is... This is disingenuous and you're doing it because you think someone else will like it. Yeah. She she
0: likes everything you like and she doesn't complain.
1: And that's basically (laughs) this, this slut shaming thing that happens among girls this time of year. It is cool girlism because it's you saying, look, I'm what you should want because I'm modest and I'm not trying to show off like that other girl because I'm cool and quirky and it's aimed at geeky dudes. Exactly. It's still seeking the approval of men. Yeah. If it weren't seeking the approval
0: of men, you would just do you and be happy. And you would see other girls doing them and you'd be like, oh, that's a cool costume and it would not matter. Exactly. You would feel no insecurity at seeing someone doing them, like you said. Um, There's an article by Lily Herman for Refinery29 about cool girlism. And I really like the way that she puts it. So yeah, the phrase, I'm not like other girls. It's this misogynistic belief that if you cut down other women and prove you're above their antics – Men will respect you. I think this was written in the um, context of the Kavanaugh debacle. But cool girls, they say shit like this. I hear this in my day-to-day life, and it drives me crazy. A cool girl would never put herself in a position in which she might be assaulted. She'd never make a big scene if a guy says something she didn't like.
1: Or slapped her on the ass. Like, he's just playing.
0: She'd never hang around a bad crowd, because those are the people who get assaulted and harassed, obviously. And... They actually like men, not like those feminists who don't like men.
1: Oh, right, 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 right.
0: And here's the sad truth. So cool girls, they put down their sisters or their fellow women chasing this respect that these men will never fucking give them. The men that they're trying to impress will never give them that respect.
1: Because they're always going to be a woman at the end of the day. Exactly. And that's something that pisses me off at my baby shower. Not My baby shower did not piss me off, but someone asked me specifically, are you opposed to pink? I don't like pink as a color. It has nothing to do with the gender debate. I just don't like it. So for me, but what I had to explain to this person, I was like, I'm not opposed to pink. I'm not opposed to dressing our baby in feminine clothes because to say that it's okay for her to wear things that are considered traditionally masculine, which are the things that I like, like again, comic books, although they make comic book clothes for babies now that are feminine. Like I have some pink, um, Batman clothes for her and I'm really so excited because I again that was what I was interested in and I was really disappointed that I had to wear masculine things to represent my interests and now they're like branching it to where you can do it feminine pretty cool but anyway what I had to explain was I'm not opposed to pink because if you were saying it's okay to wear blue and it's okay to wear gray and it's okay to wear these masculine colors now, you don't have to wear pink. You were just reiterating, it's okay for you to be a boy. It's not okay for you to be a girl.
0: Yeah, that's insinuating that there is something wrong with pink.
1: Exactly, and there's not. There's You can dress as feminine as you want or as masculine as you want and it's okay. That's the whole point. It's okay to just do you. So... I'm not trying to reinforce, yeah, absolutely, she can be into science, she can be into, she can be into knitting and science, she can be into right. sewing and woodworking, because I am into sewing and woodworking, so fuck out! And <laughs> one of these articles I read today about cool girls, I read
0: something that I'd never thought about before, but it was talking about how white women, I'm sorry, particular white women in this article's instance, Susan Collins. They hey. they do things that hurt all women and it doesn't make any sense. And the author's rationale for this is because, like, well, these white women benefit from these white men being in power and being the cool girl to them. So that's why they do it. It's it's just an elevated cool girlism.
1: Whoa. I'd never thought of it that way.
0: Yeah. So if a cool girl stays in line, constantly seeks approval from the kind of guy who would be into that shit then she will receive rewards in some ways. Maybe she will only ever suffer benevolent sexism. Maybe she'll never suffer hostile sexism. So from her perspective, it's not an issue. Man, these women who are just like, I like men. I don't hate men. As if feminists hate men. I love men. Yeah, me
1: too. Yeah, so this rant really does come up every Halloween. Nerdy girls in particular, and that's probably why it's such like, not even nerdy girls because the the trump chicks were all oh the, the deplorable chicks
0: pull up your pants <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't fucking walk around in my bra and panties all the time not that there's anything wrong with that honestly on a normal day i'm wearing a death metal t-shirt and a pair of busted ass jeans but when i go out i dress a certain kind of way okay and I will say it has gotten better. It has gotten better in just a few years, but that certain kind of way used to draw a lot of ire from other women. I speak from experience with this, and it's funny, the most accepting crowd of people I have ever met in my life has been the sex-positive kink community here in Tennessee. It's just total uplifting, and yeah, you can wear pasties and a fucking g-string, or you can wear onesie pajamas to the kink club, and everyone will just be happy to see you.
1: I like it. Actually, you experienced some particular sexism from a male friend that I remember. I hate vague booking. I hate it so much. Everyone hates vague booking. Oh god, I know exactly where you're going with this. When Kelly first started posting pictures of her going to the goth club, um, Kelly is a scientist. That's her... she just is. So this person posted, you used to be a scientist. What happened? I still am. Exactly. (laughs) You don't have to be one thing. It's like, oh, you're right. I should just wear a burlap sack and then people will see girl scientists. No, they fucking won't because they don't see girl scientists to begin with. Exactly.
0: And oh my God, this is a whole other rant, but I love my job. I am good at my job. My job is not my fucking identity. My
1: job is the place that I go to earn money to live my life. Right. And Kelly's, I call her my science buddy because literally whenever we talk about any to- anything, it can be anything, there's an attitude of getting to the bottom in a, getting into the bottom of the issue in an objective fashion. Like earlier we we were having a conversation about gender. We actually did some research on how the community is changing and. It's just a constant challenging of what your opinions are and what your Yes, exactly. You
0: have you have to be willing to make an informed objective look at your own views because over the course of this podcast I have changed my mind about so many things just from like sitting down and doing research at home and being like, "Oh, well the evidence suggests this." So it turns
1: out I was misinformed. Yeah, I can't think of any specific examples, but I know that I've been there too. Honestly, The way the media represents, not to bring up Kavanaugh again, because holy shit, but the way the media represents women who are sent to jail for lying about rape, you would think it was a common problem.
0: Yes, exactly. And people who are knee-jerk doubters of rape survivors, they have that idea that, like, oh, most women are lying. It turns out a tiny fraction of women are lying. The tiniest.
1: And- if one in four women, I think I, I think I tried to quote this last time, but if one in four women is assaulted, only 40% of those women go to the authorities and of those 40% only between 2 and 10% are lying. Right. So there's still 60% that never come forward. Yeah. It's that just, that number is microscopic.
0: Yeah. It's get someone fucking vague booked about me and they some said something about how just wanting attention. Like, it's 2018 and no one's supposed to want attention. That's
1: why we have Instagram. Like, that's what social media is. I'm sorry. That's why you are posting this on the internet to people instead of thinking it internally and moving the fuck on. Right, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with wanting attention.
0: It's a pretty human characteristic. Maybe you don't want attention. That's fine, but some
1: people like
0: it. And some yeah. people like giving it.
1: Yeah, and that's beside the point that even if you want a particular kind of attention, like literally if you want to put your tits on a shelf so that you go to the club and someone says, hey, your tits look really good today. That's fucking allowed. Yeah. I mean, in in that context and if you have that kind of relationship.
0: But yeah, it's funny that me putting my tits on a shelf somehow made me less of a scientist or less of an intelligent woman. It reduced me to putting my tits on a shelf and that is your problem. That's not my problem yeah, fuck that guy. Get a goddamn hobby. I mean, I didn't, which is probably why he was bitter.
1: That individual actually, there was a slutty phase in Rachel's life. There was a time and it was glorious <laughs> and I regret nothing. I'm very happily married and monogamous. It's cool. But in the slutty days, this person lied about having sex with me. And I remember being so mad because they lied, but also because at that point in my life, I was pretty promiscuous and open about it. So it, it boggled my mind. Like, why would you lie? Are you trying to be in the I've boned Rachel club? I guess. I mean, it was a, it was a good club. It was a good time. (laughs) Also, this type of feminism is referred to as Madonna feminism because in the 80s, in the early 80s in particular, people were like, oh, you're, you're not feminist because she was all putting her tits in a shelf and being open about being sexually active. And now we're past that. Yes. Sex, positive, feminism, or bust. I can admit my promiscuous days, just like my husband can. We've talked about it. It's, it's, it's not, it, it is not a secret. And I can put my tits on a shelf. For all the
0: world to see on Saturday and then go work in a fucking laboratory on Monday. Last thing
1: that is up my ass before I forget. Let it out, girl. On the topic of cool girlism, let's talk pregnancy for a minute. In particular, late pregnancy. From about 38 weeks on, life is interesting. I am a pretty tough person. It hurts. My hips hurt. Mm. My feet hurt. i barely sleeping because there is a eight pound person in my person i'm roughly estimating it because she was 36 or i'm sorry i'm roughly estimating it because she was six pounds at 37 and they gained about a pound oh man you're having an eight pounder i don't know it we'll see but they're supposed to gain about a pound a week and if she was six pounds two weeks ago a pound a week yeah that's holy shit i think i'm pretty sure it was like a pound a week again that's no small feat Chicks on the baby forum that I that I read, someone was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about taking my maternity leave at 38 weeks, so that I can have you know a couple of weeks before the baby is born." People are like, "Um, usually birth is a medical event, and most people don't take their maternity leave until the medical event occurs, and it's that's a limit on your leave, but it's so annoying to that." Birth is not the only medical event of a pregnancy. So you're just expected to work until the baby falls out? Yeah, you're supposed to work until you go into labor. Oh my god, that's fucking horrible. It's insanity, and I think it ties into this cool girl attitude, because, yeah, I if you're gonna be a working girl, of course, you should be able to work until you go into labor. Why would you need time off? That's only an issue in this fucking country. It is. It's absolutely insane. Everyone should take... From 38 weeks on, some chicks won't deliver until 42 weeks. So, okay, whatever. But still, between 38 and 42, that is very, very, very pregnant. That is not comfortable to walk upstairs. Right. Not comfortable to do. I mean, you can't Uh, lift anything. And you're not really sleeping anymore because your brain is starting to prepare for night feeding. So it's literally an instinctual thing that you wake up in the middle of the night. That is a symptom I've noticed
0: with this cool girl-ism. It's like these issues that are exclusive to being a woman, like being 38 weeks pregnant. Other women will say, well, suck it up. I did it. Or we'll suck it up. Just deal with it. And okay, yeah, good for you. But that's not, that's not cool.
1: It's not cool to deny your human experience. Right. It's stupid. You're trying to say, I can be just as good as men. And the thing is, I am not a man. I am 30, well, I'm like fucking a million months pregnant right now. But at the time, it was like, I am super, super pregnant. There is really no reason I should be here. I'm not even doing my job as effectively. And here's the thing. Only women give birth to the men that later go on to oppress them. Ooh. So why the fuck are we not demanding respect for that? And time to make those men. Maybe this is my optimist coming
0: out. in the weirdest of times, because we have had nothing but terrible news as a country this week. But I feel like the rug is about to be pulled out from under these people. I feel like, in some ways, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Fucking Taylor Swift from Tennessee who... Taylor! She began as a country singer and then parlayed that into pop singing, whatever. She made a political post that was like, I cannot stand for the Republican Party in this state. Please vote for Phil Bredesen in the midterm elections. And voter registration in Tennessee surged after that. She yes. has like, She has like 112 million Instagram followers. It's fucking
1: ridiculous. Taylor! And immediately those assholes started burning her merch. But hey, they're selling they're they're buying her merch. They burn everything. It's (laughs) cool. (laughs) Including the country down to the
0: ground. (laughs) Oh. But I think there's going to be a blue wave next month. I mean, knock on wood. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful too. I think I mean women are pretty incensed in this country right now. So Yeah,
1: and if you can explain to me where the political movement for paid maternity leave is, I will be there with my newborn marching in the streets. I sell my coochie.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that is a major issue is childcare And like you said, paid maternity leave and more rights for mothers.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. We literally make the next generation of consumers, workers, soldiers, everyone. Yeah. And we're just expected to do it and keep up with everyone else while doing it, even though it is a exhausting experience. I just don't know why we don't take care of our people. Maybe it's even
0: subconscious, strategizing, like, well, if I say what the men like to hear, then I'll reap the benefits of being close to them. They're never going to respect you because you're still going to be a woman. Exactly.
1: So, saying, I'm less of a woman than the other women. Fuck you. See you on the tampon aisle, bitch. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: That's going on a (laughs) t-shirt. Love her so much <laughs>
1: <laughs> well so how do
0: you feel about slutty halloween costumes how do you feel about candy corn are you team candy corn or are you team fuck candy corn let us know at at gmail.com also what's your favorite slutty halloween costume
1: yes there are some hilarious ones where they take anything and make it slutty and i actually love those because that's a hilarious
0: caricature yeah i saw one on dollskill.com for a slutty can of PBR.
1: Yes! <laughs> I just love it so much. It's just so ridiculous. I just love anything that's absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Well, so
0: thanks for listening. See you next Thursday.